Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. Yo, it's your boy, the odd guy himself, Malik King Scott. Hi, I'm Charlie Edwards. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 100 of the Box Hard Podcast. This is a special show. This is a century of shows we've brought you and what a week for it all to fall on. The week, of course, of Triple G versus Saul Canelo Alvarez, the real fight of the year. But we will get onto that later. Of course, we're going to start the show by diving into the review part as always. But before we get into that, I've got to welcome my partner in crime, Mr. Ayaz Sumra. Ayaz, how you doing? I'm good, Joey. How are you? Very good, my friend. Very good. Right, let's jump into it. Let's talk about the review. And we're going to start last week with a card that happened in the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, Las Vegas, Nevada. It was on the last Friday. Um, I'm going to start with the the whole card itself. It wasn't a great card. You know, all the names on the card actually ended up going the distance in their fights. Their fights didn't, you know, they they had no knockouts. It was the guys that were unknown on the bill who got the knockouts. So there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven fights on the bill. Um, Peter Quillen, he returned to the ring after a long time out. Uh, He picked up a unanimous decision over eight rounds against Deshaun Johnson. Um, Deshaun Johnson now 22 and 22 with three draws. A bit of a journeyman, but a tough journeyman. Um, Peter Quillen now 33-1 and one with one draw inside 35 fights. So Peter Quillen there going the distance over eight rounds. Jay Leon Love, um, he took on Abraham Han. Now Abraham Han was 26-3, and three. Jay Leon Love 23-1. and one. Um, We had Jay Leon on the show, obviously, a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, this one was weird. It was a technical draw. It was scheduled for 10 rounds, but a very bad cut caused by an accidental headbutt opened up on Han, or I think it was on his uh, on his eye, I think it may have been. I can't really remember now. There were so many fights last weekend, but a bad cut opened for Abraham Han, and it went to the cards, and it was a technical draw. Some people saying that Jay Leon was a little bit lucky to get that draw. Some people saying Abraham Han deserved that. Um, so Abraham Han now 26 and 3 with one draw. Jay Leon Love, you know, he's kind of, you know, he was out the ring for a little while. He returns there with a draw. It's not what he wanted, so he's got to go back to the drawing board. That's now 23 and 1 with one draw for him. Also on the bill, Caleb Plant, 15 and 0. He took on Andrew Hernandez, 19 and 6 with one draw. Caleb Plant picked up the win over 10 rounds. Unanimous decision for him. So he's now 16-0. and 0. Um, And the other fight, which, you know, as I said there, there were seven fights on this bill. Um, four of the, of, the, of the fights ended up going to, you know, going, going to... I don't want to say going all the way to points because Jay Leon Love's fight actually was ended inside the original distance with a technical draw. So... What I'm getting at is there was no knockout for the big-name guys. Um, And, of course, David Benavidez, a man that was on the show a few weeks ago, he was setting out to become the youngest super middleweight world champion in history. He did that here 
But even though he's a knockout artist, he ended up going the distance with Ronald Gavriel, the man from Romania who just flew over to Las Vegas, impressed Floyd Mayweather and ended up signing with him. Um, Both men put in a good performance. Benavidez, as I said, the puncher of the two, he ended up tasting the canvas in round 12. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's the first time amateur or pro he's been down. I could be wrong there, but I think that's right. Um... Benavidez ended up winning a split decision over 12 rounds, so that was quite shocking. Nobody saw that one coming, and he now becomes the youngest WBC, well, not only WBC, but he becomes the youngest world super middleweight champion in history. So he picks up the WBC belt there that was vacant, the old belt vacated, of course, by Badu Jack. Um, David Benavidez now 19 and 0, Ronald Gavriel 18 and 2, but like I say, very, very good fight. Some people saying that Gavriel was slightly unlucky. Most people kind of going with the Benavidez, um, you know, was the right man to, 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 to pick up the belt at the end of the day. But either way, I made up for him, you know, he was a really good guy, really good guest on this show. And, um, you know, he, 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 he breaks a record there. So, um, really, really phenomenal stuff, but... Some people kind of saying that Gavril kind of exposed him a little bit, so possibly, you know, he's not as invincible as he looked in some of his previous fights. But that's all to be determined. We'll have to wait and see what happens with him, but he's certainly going to now be in some very exciting fights. Um, Yeah, so those four big-name guys, all their fights ended up without a knockout. So, yeah, like I said, the card wasn't the very best, but... um, it was what it was. Um, like I say, really good fight there from Benavidez. It, it was a fight really of, of two halves, if you like. It was, uh, no, that's a little bit cliche, but it was it was one of those fights where there was a lot of back and forth. He didn't have it all his own way, and that led to people believing that Gavriel could have perhaps done enough to win. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, very good win there for David Benavidez. Very happy for him. Also... Over in Germany, we're going to go over to Germany now. This one actually happened on the Saturday. I, as I know that you was watching this fight, so I'm just going to jump straight onto the main event. Alexander Usyk, 12-0, put his WBO World Cruiserweight title on the line against the former champion of the same belt, of course, Mr. Marco Huck. Marco Huck, 40-4 with one draw, tried to get his old belt back, but it was not to be. He was TKO'd in round 10. It wasn't really... The damage caused, well, it was a bit of that, but it was mainly the accumulation of punches. Myself and you, as on last week's show, both predicted a points win for Usyk, but a little part of me kind of thought that he would possibly overwhelm him and maybe stop him late. I was thinking 10 to 12. I may have said that, I'm not quite sure, but I know that ultimately we both went with a points win, so it was an impressive victory for Usyk. What did you make of it? Well, oh, I was watching the fight, obviously. They were showing a World Boxing Super Series on the website. Usyk from the start, right? He was he was hitting him with very good jabs, and in, in the third round, um, he actually hurt Marco Huck. Like I said last in last week's show, I thought personally we'll go to points, but Usyk was hitting him, hurting him, and Marco Huck was coming back. Marco Huck, Usyk was hitting him with very good shots. Like Huck was hitting him, but wasn't landing as much. And coming towards the end of the rounds, Usyk was giving him big punches. Now you, we've seen in Usyk's previous fights, like when he fought Michael Hunter. Like he, when it comes to to the late, uh, when he comes towards the end of a, a round finishing, that's when he hits him very hard, and that's what Usyk was doing. And obviously, come round ten, um, Usyk Usyk uh, got off the gas and just finished him in round ten. Yeah, and that is an impressive win there to stop Marco Huck like that in the in the fashion that he did. You know, he kind of he was too. 
he was too fresh, I feel, for Marco Huck. Marco Huck, a little bit, you know, we all know he's a little bit past it. I'm not quite sure where he goes from here, but straight away, he goes straight out of the Cruiserweight World Boxing Super Series tournament in the very first round. I don't think anybody really expected, um, you know, any other outcome, really. Um, I always kind of thought it was going to be a very dominant performance from Usyk. I wasn't really too interested in the fight as a whole, to be honest. That's why I only caught the last couple rounds. Um, yeah, there was so much on. Also on that card, I will just mention one other guy. I don't know anything about him, but his name is Albon Pervizaj. He had a record of 4-0. and He took on Thomas Mazarek, a man who's got a record of 10-66. and Thomas Mazarek's a man that's been in there with Huey Fury, been in there with Tyson Fury. I don't think he gets stopped too much. I could be wrong. I'm not going to click on his record. But, yeah, he got stopped in the third round of six by... Um, by Albon Pervizaj. So Albon Pervizaj could have made a bit of a statement there. He may be a name to look out for. That just jumps out at me a little bit. But that is really all that was on that card. There wasn't too much there at all on that undercard. Moving over now from Berlin to Kazakhstan. One fight to mention over there. Kanat Islam. He moved to 25-0. and 0. He retained his WBO, NABO, Super Waterweight title and his WBA, Intercontinental Super Waterweight title against Brandon Cook, who was 18-0, undefeated going in. A TKO in round 9 for Kana Islam. He stays undefeated. And Brandon Cook loses his O there. He's 18-1 now. Um... I didn't see that fight, but that's one we got to mention. Kana Islam, I'd like to see him pushed on a little bit faster, though. That's it from Kazakhstan. Moving over now to Poland. And I said on last week's show, I said that Joey Abel is a man who gets stopped or stops people. And I was right here. The home fighter, Krzysztof Zimnoch, 22-1 with one draw, took on Joey Abel. Joey Abel picked up a crushing, crushing upset and a crushing knockout at that. In the third round, Joey Abel knocked Zimnoch out brutally. I've seen the ending in that fight there. It was scheduled for 12. Joey Abel didn't fancy going to 12. He made it clear he wanted to get it over with very quickly. And like I say, he got that win in round three. His record now 34-9. and nine. He deserves a big fight after that, to be honest. Christoph Zimnoch now 22-2 and two with one draw. Also on that card, Albert Sosnowski. He was 49-8 and eight with two draws. He was in search of win number 50. He took on a man who we'd never heard of, who had a record of 6-0. and oh. He was undefeated, but he was much, much, much the less experienced man. Well, would you believe it? Lucas Rosell. The less experienced man ended up knocking out Albert Sosnowski in the first round. What a statement there for Rosansky. That is humongous over in Poland. So all the very best to him. Moving now from Poland over to York Hall, Bethnal Green, London, the mecca of boxing here in the UK. Um, I'm going to mention one fight. Leon McKenzie, 8-1 with one draw. Friend of the show. He's been on a few times, but he was on a couple of weeks ago. He took on Cello Render, 28-12 with two draws. We all know that Cello Render was the much more experienced man, especially in terms of you know professional career and all that. He's been in there with the bigger names. Um, yeah. I did not see this fight. I am hoping it's going to go up on YouTube. People are telling me it was one of the best fights, if not the best fight they've ever seen in their life. And it seems like every single time there's a card on at York Hall, somebody says that about one of the fights. York Hall brings out the best of fighters. I'm telling you that much now. Um, you know, 
like I say, I haven't seen it, but some really, um, you know, guys in boxing that I respect are saying that this was an absolute war. Some people saying that Leon McKenzie was winning the fight up until the ninth round where Leon McKenzie got TKO'd by Cello Render. Um, I know following the bout, Leon McKenzie went to hospital. I, you know, I really wish him the very best with whatever he decides to do because, of course, after the fight, he decided to announce his retirement. It was the following day that he announced that. So I feel very sad for Leon McKenzie. He kept hinting a couple of weeks ago on the show that he's nearly 40. He's nearly 40. So that kind of told me something. And, um, you know, it's, it's a bad way to bail out, really. It was for the vacant super middleweight southern area title. So I'd, I would have liked to see him win that, really before retiring because he had the real close fight with um with with Jermaine Smile at English title level. So this was a bit of a step down in terms of the title, you know, um you know, the the actual title itself, the the status of it. But um yeah, it wasn't to be for Leon McKenzie. I know he had a chat with his dad, of course, former former fighter and champion in his own right, and perhaps also his uncle Duke former world champion and um, yeah they've come to the conclusion that he's decided to retire so I wish him all the very best and Marcello Renda did really really well by all accounts as well a man that really and truly in this point of his career probably not many people you know thought that he had it in him to have a war like that over the course of the fight so all the very best to both men it's really good to see that they've both become friends after this fight Marcello actually said that he believes that him and Leon are going to be friends for the rest of their lives. They also had a few um, phone conversations. They've they've kind of reminisced on the fight this week as well over the phone. So that's good to see. Great sportsmanship there from both guys. And all the very best to Cello Render. That's a man that's going to be getting mentioned on this show in, in his next few fights, of course. But all the very best to Leon McKenzie. He bows out of the sport with a record of 8-2 and two with one draw. A record that really... Doesn't look the best on paper, but he was better than what his record suggested. It just just wasn't to be. He was, you know, kind of, you know, playing in, in sports, obviously. Football being the main part of his life, but then boxing for, you know, for, for 25 years, if you like. And, and high level in both sports. So, you cannot blame him at all. That's it for York Hall. Moving over now to the StubHub Center, Carson, California, USA. A couple fights to mention on this view, I'm sure. Um, firstly, Naoya Inoue, 13-0. He put his WBO World Super Flyweight title on the line against Antonio Nieves. Now, I said on last week's show that I thought Inoue would have no problems with Nieves. And I think I even predicted a knockout. Um, Nieves ended up going down in round 5 and Nieves's corner stopped the bout at the end of round 6 so he retired on his stall Antonio Nieves now 17-2 and two with 2 draws Naoya Inoue still remains undefeated 14-0 and 0. now he retains his WBO World Super Flyweight title really impressive scalp for his record there great win also on the bill Juan Francisco Estrada, 35 and 2, took on Carlos Cuadras, 36 and 1 with one draw. Um, I think, I think the favourite going in, if I'm not mistaken, was Cuadras. I think I, I can't really remember. It was going to be a close fight anyway, but Cuadras was down in round 10. I don't really think it lived up to the war that we all thought it was going to be, but. Ultimately, a unanimous decision over 12 rounds went in favour of Juan Francisco Estrada. So his record now 36-2, Carlos Cuadras 36-2 with one draw. Um, 
Also on that bill, the main event, of course, with Saxil Wangek, also known as Rung Savai. I think his name's Saw Rung Savai. His record, 43-4 with one draw going in against Chocolatito, Roman Gonzalez, 46-1. and one. Now, um, as we all know, the first fight was very close. I as, um, you know, some people kind of were split, really. Who, who should have won that fight? It ended up going the distance. In this fight, we both picked Roman Gonzalez to win. I think we even both said it was going to be a points win. So we agreed with each other's predictions on, on, on the, the two predictions that we made last week. Um, we were so, so wrong. With Saxil Wangek came out... And decided he was going to put on a show here. And decided he was not going to leave it in the hands of the judges. And he did the business. He got Roman Gonzalez out of there in round four. He had him down twice in that round. I've seen both the knockdowns. The finish was very good. Um, You know, really impressive, I should say. It wasn't very good because I actually wanted Roman Gonzalez to win the fight. But yeah, you know, the first knockdown was pretty heavy, really. I think it was a left hook now. Um, And of course, the finish was, you know, really, really impressive. And they kept him on the floor for quite some time, which had me a little bit worried. But, um, you know, thankfully, he got up with his health intact. And we're not quite sure where his future goes from here. Obviously, he's only become like a big superstar to, uh, you know, worldwide kind of thing in his last few fights and his last few fights he's kind of been at the tail end of his career so I feel very sorry for him he hasn't really probably made too much money from boxing but really and truly he's going to be a future Hall of Famer for sure and um, he gets my respect if, if that amounts to anything but like I say he was knocked out here that's the first time he's been stopped I think in his entire career amateur and pro if I'm not mistaken so Roman Gonzalez now 46 and 2 those two losses both to the same man in the other corner with Saxil Wangek 44 and 4 now with one draw it was just too big for Roman Gonzalez we said it on last week's show the size wasn't going to change in the two fights it could only be the tactics that could change and unfortunately for Gonzalez Wangek just decided to you know not let him get in his groove at all and kind of put it on him straight away he even started his work a little bit earlier than in the last fight so really dominating performance there from Wangek and he really leaves no doubt about the first fight you know the controversy over the whole thing if there was any if you want to kind of push the boat out a little bit it's all wiped away a real um, deal sealer here a great great win from Wangek there um Ayaz, do you want to say anything on that fight or should I move on to the next card? It's up to you. I feel sorry. Obviously, Roman Gonzalez is a four-weight world champion. But that knockout, in my opinion, I was shocked as well when I found out that he lost. Obviously, um, but uh, like I said, I think, in my opinion, I think Roman Gonzalez is going to come back. Yeah, I don't, personally, I don't think he'll retire and I think he'll come back, but I think he'll drop down the weight. Possibly, possibly. We'll have to wait and see. But nonetheless, he gets our respect. And true boxing fans know that that guy is much better than some people lately. Some of the things I've read on Twitter is absolutely incredible. But that's it from the StubHub Center in Carson, California. Moving over now to the final bill to mention. I think it even happened on the Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, at the Emerald Queen Casino. One fight to mention on this bill. Mike Gavronsky, 23-2 with one draw, took on Brian Vera. And Gavronsky knocked Vera out in round six. So Brian Vera now 26-20. and Mike Gavronsky, who I've not really heard of, to be completely honest, until this point, he moves to 24 wins, two losses, and one draw. And that's all from the review. And we've tried to go through it as quick as we could. It's episode 100, everybody. That's it for the review. And there's one last thing to do before we close out part one. And that, of course, is to welcome 
Guest number one. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the hard-hitting and controversial middleweight contender, Mr. Spike O'Sullivan. Spike, welcome to the show. Thanks, Joy. It's always my pleasure speaking to you, my friend. So, Spike, we haven't spoke for quite a while, to be honest. What have you been up to aside from spending a lot of time with your mother-in-law, of course? Uh, yeah, it's been a lot of time with her on the phone booth and all that. It's all sort of thing. <laughs> but, uh, no, I've just been uh, trying away to keep taking over, um, you know, uh, the trend down the Marduk Arena and UCC with some sports scientists and um, just improving myself every day and I'm back in the uh, category or gym, doing a bit of sparring and doing a bit of pads, keeping sharp, keeping taking over. That's what I've been up to the last few months. So, Spike, firstly, the Gabriel Rosado fight was a big rumour for a while, and as soon as I saw it floating around Twitter, I straight away messaged you, if you remember, and you you basically said it hadn't been signed at that point. Um, some people, despite that, were running around, you know, thinking it was certainly going to happen. Um, in response to the Twitter world going mad about it, Gabriel Rosado responded by saying he hadn't actually received any kind of offer. Do we know what happened there at all? be completely truthful I don't really know exactly what went on there um, I was told by my camp that uh, by my team that like I was definitely going to be fighting Rosado and uh, it was only a matter of time before everything was signed up And but uh, you know it just didn't come come about in the end and uh, I was disappointed because it was a fight I was uh, kind of looking forward to to be honest and uh, I was training for, for Rosado actually I was in training camp for him and uh, just uh, he came out and said he'd never heard that in the boat. I don't know, was that, I just don't know what went on. To be honest, was it his management team? Or, I just, I have absolutely no idea. Yeah, no, fair enough. But aside from that, your promoters, Murphy's Boxing, have teamed up with Golden Boy to promote a card in Massachusetts uh, at the House of Blues, of all places, a venue where Tupac Shakur had a few concerts at once upon a time. Um, the card's taking place on September 30th, as we know, in which you'll be now fighting um, England's very own Nick Quigley. Do you know much about him at all, Spike? I don't know much about Nick Quigley, to be honest. Uh, I know more about the House of Blues than I do about him because, uh, you know, I think it's uh, my definitely at least my fourth fight there. Um, you know, I, I've fought there a couple of times before and I've, the place has been sold out each time. I get good support from the Irish community there and I'm looking forward to fighting uh, Nick Quigley there now. Uh, I've just been looking into him lately because I found out I was fighting him. Uh, I didn't hear of him prior to that. Maybe I, I might have watched him in Prize Fighter, but I I couldn't really remember him from that. I've watched a bit of him now on YouTube and that, but uh, you know I'm looking forward to the fight. And he's listed at being six foot two. Will this fight be at one sixty? Um, I'm not sure what this fight, what weight this fight is at. I'm I'm walking around. I always make middleweight. Doesn't bother me. I can fight him a little bit heavier. You know, he, he's six foot two. I know. Looks like a big enough old chap. That doesn't bother me. Uh, you know, uh, I fought uh, two guys with six foot four. You know, uh, height's not never been a problem for me. And what you know, what kind of day, if you know at this stage, when will you be travelling over to the states, Spike? When will you be over there? Oh yeah, I, I have all my plans in place. I'm going to uh, travel out on the twenty second, which is eight days before the fight. Um, it's my it's my eleventh fight in the states now. Um, I'm very acclimatized to that so you know I'm very very used to that um, my first 10 fights in America I've won 10 out of 10 uh, 8 knockouts and um, you know I have no doubt that it will be a 
11 and all, but keeping my 100% record on, on the American side. You know, so I, I have all the plans in place, the accommodation, and everything all lined up. Gyms, you know, it's, it's a routine for me. America now is my, uh, you know, it's my second home, basically, and uh, I've it all sorted out there. Excellent stuff. Now, I want to get your thoughts on the super middleweight World Boxing Super Series tournament, Spike. Obviously, um, you know, there's there's four Brits in the tournament, so we've got a lot of interest in the tournament. Um, firstly, a matchup I want to ask you about. We're not, well, you may know a little bit more than me. I'm not too clued up on Yildirim. I know he's taking on Chris Eubank Jr. Um, as I say, I don't really know too much about Yildirim, but have you got any kind of thoughts on that fight, if you do know a little bit about him? Yeah, I know a little bit about him. Um, I think uh, I was scheduled to fight him before. There was talk of me and fight me fighting with him before. Um, oh, really? Yeah, a while back over in America, there was possibility of fighting him. Uh, obviously, I fought Eubank before. I think it's a good fight. I think uh, I could see Eubank coming out on top. Of it, you know, uh, but he it won't be easy for him. I don't think. You know, he's a fit, good fighter. Uh, so uh, it'll be it'll be good to watch him. Look forward to looking at it, and uh, I think. Uh, and also a really intriguing fight as well it's a shame a little bit from a British standpoint that two Brits are facing off against each other um, straight away George Groves against Jamie Cox how do you see that one playing out Spike? Well, uh, I really like Jamie Cox I met him before, he's a very nice lad and uh, you know, George Groves as well but uh, I think uh, George Groves is going to win this one You know, and I think you know, he, he got first choice if I remember correctly, um, and he picked yeah. uh, Jamie Cox right away. I think he picked him for, you know, I think he fancies that fight, and I think uh, I think he's going to win. I think, uh, in my opinion, the two guys that, you know, potential winners are, are Eubank Jr. and uh, and George Groves, and I think it's uh, a shame that they're going to meet in the semi-final. I would have liked to see him maybe on the opposite side of the draw, and uh, it would have made for a good final for Britain as well. Yeah, I was going to ask you about who you saw perhaps, you know, winning that whole tournament. I thought that, um, I thought you was, you was going to say someone like Callum Smith. I know that a lot of people were backing him to win. You don't give him a chance of winning the whole thing? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I think, uh, you know, uh, my honest assessment of him is, um, I think, you know, his highlight reel was against uh, Rocky Fielding, you know, um, on that night. I think, you know, it might happen again if they fought again the same way it did. And I think he got a massive profile from that. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not a uh, 100% convinced by him. You know, he, you know, he looks he's big at the weight and obviously he carries a bit of power and he's not a bad boxer. But I think uh, one or two other fights, I don't, I'm not too sure about him. Uh, I think uh, Eubank and Groves are uh, definitely beat them. And finally, Spike, I'm sure you knew it was coming. There's no way I'm letting you get off the phone without getting your opinion on Canelo versus Triple G this weekend. A phenomenal fight. I know that it's one you're definitely um, invested. In. You know, you've got a lot of interest invested in it. How do you see that one playing out? Who wins that? Well, it's a really um, you know good night for me, an exciting night for me that night. Uh, I want to watch uh, my former opponent as well, uh, Billy Joe and um, uh, what's his name, William Monroe Jr. Firstly, I'm going to watch that fight. Uh, I think Billy Joe is going to come out on top of that. Secondly, um, later, later on that night, I'm going to see uh, Canelo uh, Triple G. I think um, I, I think I'm going to go for a Triple G knockout. I think he's going to do it, and uh, I'd like to see Billy Joe and Triple G fight after that unification match. 
I think uh, Billy Joe Saunders has, has style, trouble uh, Golovkin and, and outbox him and maybe unify the division. We'll have to wait and see, but as you say, there's so many juicy fights that can be made in the middleweight division, especially some with your name in as well, Spike. Um, anything you want to say at all before we let you go? I'm out of questions now. Well, you know, um, if, 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 if I'd be with Golden Boy uh, going forward, maybe in conjunction with, well, I'd be saying with Murphy's Boxing, but we'd be doing a, a lot of deals with uh, Golden Boy, and they've got a lot of TV days for ESPN, and, you know, ESPN were very keen to have me as main event. Um, you know, if Canelo does beat Triple G, uh, he's also a golden boy fighter. So, uh, you know, the Irish against the Mexicans in America would be a big seller. Um, I think he looks more Irish than I do, and I look more Mexican than he, than he does. <laughs> you know, I think it might, uh, you know, could make for a good fight um, if he does manage to beat uh, Triple G. It would be, it'll need, be an easily made fight. You know, that given that our promoters are working together, and uh, you know, I think it sell good as well. Excellent, my man. That sounds very exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And um, congratulations, as I say, on you know on on, on Murphy's boxing, um, you know joining up a little bit with with Golden Boy. That's that's a great move for them. And of course, yourself profile wise as well. So uh, you deserve it, my man. I'm very happy about that. Okay, listen, Spike. It's always a pleasure speaking with you, mate. Best of luck for the thirtieth, and we'll catch up again afterwards. I'm sure. Thank you, Joey. Always a pleasure, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part is the preview part, but before we get to that, we're going to go over to Ayaz with the latest news. Right, um, of course, there was a couple bits of news on last week's show that we didn't manage to properly discuss, Ayaz, so I'm actually going to start um, a little piece of the news from last week. Obviously, it's been made public now that Joshua versus Pulev will be happening on October 28th at the Principality Stadium in Cardiff. Um, Obviously, tickets went on sale this week. They've pretty much sold out from my understanding um you know we we we, well that's kind of that's kind of shocked me a little bit because i'm I'm quite surprised that um firstly how big that stadium is and also that so many people are prepared to travel to cardiff Um, i'm certainly not one of those guys um yeah so obviously it's it's a mandatory fight against pulev here for joshua but some people i as were bashing this fight some people saying this is a shockingly bad fight for me i actually think it's not that bad of a fight when you actually look at the rest of the guys in the heavyweight division aside from wilder aside from a really 100 percent fit fury there's not much else out there really that offers that offers much of a threat to joshua i think the pulev fight's not all that bad oh yeah it's definite i think i think it's a very good fight Obviously, he's fought. He's fought everyone. Obviously, it's a mandatory. It's an IBF. So once he's won this, he'll be cleared off this mandatory. Yeah, and we do want to see a unification fight with him, and I believe that that is probably what they've got on their radar. But for me, I think Pulev's a man really that you know he he doesn't really get phased by the by the occasion. We saw him fight Vladimir Klitschko in the only loss of his resume. Um, his resume, by the way, stands at 25 and 1. He got stopped by by um, Vladimir Klitschko, but it was a really impressive and aggressive looking Vladimir Klitschko. He actually managed to bring the best out of Klitschko, and um, he went down a few times, Pulev, but to be honest, he kept coming back. You know, he, he wobbled Vlad with a jab within a, about the first 10 or 15 seconds of that fight. So I don't think he's going to show any respect to Joshua, and I think he's going to go in there and try and give it a go from the first bell, and that's really what we want to see. 
So, um, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to it. I think that Joshua wins it, and he probably wins it quite easily, really. But I think Pulev will definitely go there to win. He won't be, you know, he won't be affected by the occasion. I think he'll be going there to try and put it on Joshua. And hopefully we see a little bit of, uh, of, a, of a big drama show, I feel like. It's the right phrase to use this week. Um, there's also some fights on that undercard, Ayaz. I believe you've got the list of the fights on that undercard to mention. Oh, yes, um... Kawhi Fai would defend his WBA Super Flyweight title against Sho Yoshida. Yeah, that's um, you know Sho Yoshida's record's twenty four and zero. But when you actually look at the people that he's beaten, um, he's you know his last two opponents were both making their debuts, so that's pretty shocking. That actually reminds me of um, you know Saw Rungsavai or Wisaksil Wangek. His his last two opponents before taking on Roman Gonzalez the first time round were both people making their debut. So maybe that's some sort of secret message there. But no, I don't think it's gonna it's gonna really mean too much um in this fight. You know, he's he was the Japanese super flyweight champion for for quite a while, this guy. But aside from that he's won no other belts. Most of the people that he's beat um, really and truly, most have had losing records. He's not really done anything spectacular. He's fought, um, I think, five or six people making their debuts. So, you know, he's he's got a bit of a padded record, really, and I think that Kalyafai will probably walk through him pretty easily. What other fights are on that undercard, Ayaz? Uh Dave Allen will fight Lenroy uh, Thomas in a, co- uh, in a rematch for the Commonwealth title. Yes, obviously the first time round, Dave Allen. For me, I actually thought he nicked it, but maybe I kind of saw it through for uh, a bit of a bias kind of pair of glasses. Because for me, I, I thought he did enough. But no, Lemoy was really impressive as well. And obviously, Kenny Porter jumped in at the last minute. That's the uh, the father of Sean Porter. He jumped in at the last minute as like a replacement trainer. I'm not sure if well c- cornerman, I should say. And um, I'm not sure if he's going to be back with him. But Lemoy was really impressive as well. And um, I really hope that that um, Dave Allen can do it. Otherwise, really and truly, his career is in tatters. But he's a good friend of the show. And um, I'm looking forward to it, really. Um, yeah, hopefully he can win that Commonwealth belt. What else is on that card, Ayaz? Frank Bullioni will fight Callum Johnson. Yes, obviously, the British title on the line and also the Commonwealth title on the line. Frank Bullioni, friend of the show. We're definitely behind him, but it's a great fight. I'm looking forward to that. It's a mandatory as well. I uh, was speaking to Frank the other day at your call, and, you know, he's he's well up for this fight. Katie um, Taylor will take on Argentina's Anahi Ista Sanchez uh, for, for the WBA World Lightweight Belt. Yes, it's good to see Katie Taylor stepped up here. This will be her seventh pro fight. Clarissa Shields, obviously, very recently um, won a belt. I think it was inside two or three fights. So that was really impressive. It's good to see here that um, that Eddie Hearns kind of took a leaf out of her book, if you like. And yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's good to see her stepped up. Really and truly, she is world level. And it's going to be good to see it happen here in Britain as well. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And finally... Joe Cordina, Joshua Boazzi and Lawrence O'Coney will also feature on this bill. Yes, just, um, you know, three Olympians there. And obviously, you know, they're, they're on like a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a sprinkling of hundreds and thousands. That's what we've got on there. All of their opponents, as far as I'm aware of, they haven't been announced yet. But um, yeah, you know, it's good to see the Olympians out once again. Right, moving on from that bill there. 
Um, I just want to mention also, I, as we, we talked about it, well, I talked about it at the end of last week's show, so we didn't really get a chance to discuss it. Joe Joyce will be taking on Ian Lewis and... Um, we're actually going to be joined by Ian Lewison a little bit later in the show, so I think we'll leave most of that um, for him to talk about. Right, let's talk about the news from this week, Iaz. What what kind of news have we got? The latest news, not the news from last week. Now, the latest bits of news. What have you got for us? Oh, yes. Nicola Adams will feature on this week's big show um, on the Gennady Golovkin and Canelo fight. Yes, it's a great time for women's boxing right now. As we just mentioned there, Clarissa Shields winning a world title, or two world titles, I should say. Katie Taylor stepping it up, and now Nicola Adams fights on a card of this magnitude in just her third fight. We want to see her stepped up a little bit, but it's only her third fight, of course. We're going to give her some time, and you know this is going to be a huge experience for her. I don't really think her opponent's going to be putting up too much of a threat, but... It's a great experience, and, you know, I, I wish her all the very best. I'm a big fan of her, actually. Um, anything else for us from this week, Ayaz? Sergei Kovalev will look to make his return at light heavyweight in a 10-rounder against Slava Shabransky at Madison Square Garden. Yes, Kovalev obviously bouncing straight back into a tough fight with, you know, with a man from, from, from the same part of Europe as him. Um, firstly... You know, we all we, we don't doubt Kovalev. We know that Kovalev's the real deal. We know that he had the two fights with 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 Andre Ward. Obviously, the second one being more conclusive than the first. But you know, some people were saying, "Oh, he, you know, he's done. He's done." I didn't think he was done. I thought he'd be back with a bang. And this really is that fight. His record at the moment's thirty and two with one draw. Of those thirty wins, twenty six have come by knockout. Didn't look the very best against Andre Wall, but he gets in there against a man, as you said there, Vacheslav Shabransky, whose record's 19-1. and 16 of his 19 fights have ended by knockout as well. And the one time he lost, he got knocked out. That was by Sullivan Barrera, former opponent of Andre Wall. So this is a really, really good fight. And, um, you know, Shabransky's an exciting fighter, so is Kovalev. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Any more news for us, Ayaz? And finally... Andrew Selby will look to face Maximino Flores in a ring return next month. Yes, Andrew Selby. I'm going to try and reach out to him, perhaps get him on next week's show. He's fighting in a WBC World Flyweight Eliminator. So he will be hopefully fighting for the WBC World title in the near future. Um, This is an Eliminator. His opponent being from Mexico as well. I don't know too much about him in all honesty. But um, it's happening at York Hall, which is, you know, quite quite surprising, to be honest. Um, I don't think he's fought there since he's been an amateur, um, Andrew Selby. I'm going to try and get over to that card, actually. But, yeah, of course, we wish Andrew Selby all the very best in that fight. Um, is that it for all the news, Ayaz, yeah? Yes, it is. Okay. Thank you very much, Ayaz. Moving over now to the preview part of the show. This is the part where we get down to business. This weekend, there's fights left, right, and center. We're going to start with a fight that's happening in Finland at the WS Arena in Vasa. One fight to mention over here, Johan Duapas, former opponent of Deontay Wilder. His record, 35-4. and 4. 
In his 40th outing here, it's a 10-rounder against Evgeny Orlov, whose record 17 and 15 with one draw. I think Duapos actually beat him previously over six rounds, a unanimous decision a few years back. So I'm not quite sure why the rematch is happening, really. But that should be a walkover win there for Duapos. Moving over now to the Philippines. One fight to mention over there. John Real Casimero, former flyweight um IBF world champion. His record 24 and 3. He takes on a man called Jonas Sultan, whose record's 13 and 3, with um yeah, just 13 and 3. No draws on his record. That is a 12 rounder for John Real Casemiro. Really, really good fighter him. And again, this is another fight where we show our examples that we mention fights that no other podcast mentions. That's it for Philippines. Moving over now to Ukraine. Um Two fights to mention on this bill. Oleg Malinovsky, 20-0, takes on Alexander Kazarez, 15-9. Um, Malinovsky, obviously, a good fighter. I think he was a good amateur as well. But mainly on this bill, the main fight to, to the, that kind of got my attention anyway, the return of Victor Postel, his record 28-1. and one, That one loss coming to Terence Crawford in a unification fight. Can't blame him for that. He takes on a man called, oh, this is going to really test my pronunciation, called Jamshidbek Najmidinov, who's got a record of 14-0. and 0. I've never heard of him, but his record's 14-0. That could perhaps be a good fight. That's a 10-rounder there in Ukraine at the Akko International in Kiev. Moving over now from Ukraine to the Copper Box Arena, Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park, Hackney Wick, London, United Kingdom. Um, we're going to start with the undercard here. Umar Sadiq makes his debut. He's in a four-rounder against Louis Van Poch, whose record's 5-50 and 50 with one draw. Um, Hamza Shiraz, he's making his debut against a man called Kevin McCauley, whose record's 13 wins, 151 losses and 11 draws. Jesus. Also on the build, Zach Chelly, 2-0. He looks to move to 3-0 against Anthony Fox, who's 1-9 with four draws. Lucian Reed's on the bill. His record, 6-0. He takes on Jose Aguilar, 16-37 with four draws. Ryan Hatton, who is making his debut on this bill. His opponent's yet to be announced. He's in a four-rounder. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Ryan Hatton's also from Manchester, but has nothing to do with Ricky Hatton, if I'm right there. I uh, could stand to be corrected. Also on the bill, Archie Sharp, 9-0. We had him on last week's show. Really nice guy. He's taken on a man called Imre Nagy, whose record's 15-10. and 10. Should be a good win there for Archie Sharp. Hopefully he moves to double-figure wins, and hopefully we see a few more punishing, punishing body shots from him. Also on the bill, Daniel Dubois, 4-0 with four knockouts, takes on AJ Carter. This one's for the vacant Southern Area heavyweight title, a title that really Dubois is much, you know, much bigger than that title for me. No disrespect to the Southern Area title, but AJ Carter, 8-3, won't really be putting up much of a fight, I don't think. Joe Pigford's on the bill as well. His record 13-0. He takes on Kieran Smith, who's 10-0. So Joe Pigford, again, steps in with another unbeaten fighter. This one should be exciting. It's for the vacant WBO European Super Welterweight title. Joe Pigford can fight. Boy, oh boy. In his last fight, he came through some adversities as well, so he's always exciting. Also on the bill, friend of the show, Anthony Yard. He puts his WBO European light heavyweight title on the line, and he also fights for the vacant WBO intercontinental light heavyweight title against Norbert Nemesapati. Norbert Nemesapati, a man that shared the ring with Callum Smith. His record 25-6, and 6, Anthony Yard 12-0. and 0. 
hopefully we'll see Anthony Yard get another dominating performance and hopefully another knockout. But I think Nemesapati is quite durable, in all honesty, despite being stopped by Callum Smith. Also on that bill, the main event, of course, Billy Joe Saunders, 24-0, puts his WBO world middleweight title on the line against Willie Monroe Jr. Willie Monroe Jr., a man with a record of 21-2. and Monroe Jr., though, I has, is actually a better fighter than some people have been giving him credit for. A lot of people like to forget that until he got stopped by Golovkin, he was actually giving Golovkin a bit of problems. How do you see that fight going? Billy Joe Saunders, Willie Monroe Jr. Has talk to me. I think it's a step up for uh, Billy Joe Saunders. Last time we saw him, uh, last time we saw him fight was back in December 2016. Now, obviously, he's um, he split with Jimmy Tibbs. We went to Adam Booth. Went split with Adam Booth. Went to Dominic Ingle. Now, obviously, I see when us we saw a picture, Billy Joe Saunders' picture. Uploaded a picture of himself, and you can see like how much he's trained hard. He's trained hard in the Ingle Ingle gym. Um, obviously, we know that uh, Billy Joe Saunders don't don't have a knockout power. So, in my opinion, if I, I'm gonna um, for a winner, I'm gonna go for uh, Billy Joe uh, Billy Joe on points. Yeah, I think I'd probably go with Billy Joe getting a decision, especially the fact that it's in London. However, we can't really overlook the fact that Willie Monroe Jr. is a decent fighter. As I said, he doesn't possess knockout power, despite a picture floating around of him knocking out, or knocking down at least, a light heavyweight in sparring. I don't know who that was. They haven't said so, but... um... You know, of his 21 wins, he's only got six knockouts, so that's a really low percentage. His overall percentage of knockouts is 26%. Um, obviously, the one, well, the two losses, one was to Gennady Golovkin. He got stopped in the sixth round, but like I say, he was actually fighting pretty well, gave him a few bits of trouble. And also, um, you know, even though he got he got knocked out in that round six, he, he showed some toughness, he showed some grit. And... Um, that that factor as well, paired with the fact that Billy Joe's not really the most, you know, the most sort of one-punch knockout guy. I think that it probably will be a points fight. Also, the only other loss that Willie Monroe's got is the, the loss to Darnell Boone. He lost a split decision to Darnell Boone. There's no real shame in that. That's a, that's a really wild card fighter there. A man that put down Andre Ward, of course, um, and all the rest of it, you know, that he's encounters with, with Kovalev and... and Adonis Stevenson to say the least but um, yeah I think this is probably not an easy fight I think there's going to be some some back and forth but I think through the duration of the fight I think Billy Joe will do quite well I just even though he's looking in great great condition I just hope he doesn't gas over those rounds because I think Willie Monroe looks like he's in phenomenal shape as well that's it from the copper box we're now going to move over to the Echo Arena in Liverpool, Merseyside. This one's being broadcast on ITV4. It's another um, another World Boxing Super Series tournament card. I'm going to start with the undercard. Martin Murray, 35-4 and four with one draw, takes on a man called Arman Torosian. Now, Arman Torosian, he actually lost the fight to Nuhu Lawal. That's the guy who, you know, came over and fought. Well, I say came over. He went over to Monaco and fought Martin Murray on that Monaco card, um, you know, Oh, it was quite a while back now, wasn't it? But he fought um, he fought Martin Murray on that card, Lowell, and gave him quite a few problems, despite um, Martin Murray getting the win at the end of the day. Well, this guy actually lost to Lowell, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not quite sure how much of a 
of a, you know how much of a, a problem he's gonna he's gonna offer Martin Murray. But Armand Tarosian eighteen and three with one draw. Martin Murray thirty five and four with one draw. That's really the most interesting looking fight on the undercard. However, Zach Parker twelve and zero. I don't know too much about him. He's in a ten rounder against Luke Blackledge twenty three and four with two draws. If I'm not mistaken, I think Blackledge is coming off a loss as well. So that should be a decent fight. Zach Parker stepping it up there, and also of course the main event. Callum Smith twenty two and zero takes on Eric. Skoglund 26-0 both men can bang I think it should be a good fight obviously it's a shame it's going to be happening around the same time as the Billy Joe Saunders fight that's the only thing that kind of annoys me about the fact that two fights are on on the same night especially um, as there's not really time to watch one card then the other card after because we've got the big one coming up of course at two in the morning on on Box Nation HD which will be Canelo Triple G that card starts at 2am so um, we're going to wish of course Callum Smith all the very best he's a friend of the show hopefully he becomes 23-0 and and hopefully he proceeds to the next round of this eight-man tournament um, we're gonna we're not going to talk too much about it Ayaz because I know that Eric Skoglund's not a man that we know too much about moving over now to the big one the T-Mobile Arena Las Vegas Nevada USA we're going to start with the undercard there's not really much going on to be honest Nicola Adams 2-0 takes on Alexandra Viajk who's got a record of 11-6 that is four three minute rounds it's good to see three minute rounds there for Nicola Adams she likes that Ryan Martin's on the bill his record 19-0 he takes on Francisco Rojo 20-2 I don't really know too much about Francisco Rojo but the WBC Continental America's lightweight titles on the line for Ryan Martin that's his belt it's on the line for both of them of course and the vacant WBA Intercontinental lightweight titles on the belt as well Ryan Martin 19 and oh he looks the you know the the promising guy coming up um when I said there wasn't too much to offer on the undercard, I really meant there's not too many fights on. I think it's only like a seven or eight card bill. Um, the actual quality of the individual fights is quite good. Joseph Diaz, 24-0, takes on Jorge Lara, 29-0 with two draws. That's a brilliant fight. Potentially one of, well, I don't want to say the fight of the weekend, but that could steal the show. That is a really, really good fight. Randy Caballero, though, 24-0, and puts his NABF Super Bantamweight title on the line against Diego De La Hoya. That is a great, great fight. Both men undefeated, as same as the, uh, the Joseph Diaz and Jorge Lara fight. Both men undefeated. Both men putting their O's on the line. Somebody's O's got to go. Diego De La Hoya, of course, the cousin of Oscar De La Hoya. He's been wanting a big fight for quite a while. He's been fighting in Argentina lately. This is his big fight. Randy Caballero, a man really that has kind of took quite a long time to get on the world level and he's he's still kind of marching on. He's, you know, this is his 25th fight and he hasn't, he's kind of been on fringe and then kind of stayed at fringe. I don't really know what's going on with him. So this will be a really telling fight. Somebody's got to lose, somebody's got to win. And now the main event IAS for the IBF world middleweight title, the IBO world middleweight title, the WBA super world middleweight title and the WBC world middleweight title, of course. Sal Canelo Alvarez in one corner, 49-1 and one with one draw. In the other corner, Gennady Triple G Golovkin, 37-0. and 0. What a fight, Ayaz. Let's be honest, this is the fight of the year. None of that Mayweather-McGregor nonsense, nothing else. None of that Klitschko-AJ stuff. It was a good fight. They were both good fights, let's be honest. But this is the real, real fight of the year. We're seeing it this weekend, Ayaz. What happens? Tell me. Oh, this is a damn. This is a, this is what we call a proper fight. Proper two, fight. 
two. This is a proper fight. Two middleweight kings, right? You got Gennady Golovkin and you got Canelo Alvarez. They both got brilliant records. They both, they both, they both got knockout power. They're both big punches as well. But a lot of people are writing off Golovkin because of his last, because of his last two fights. First one with Brookway, he was getting punched up a lot, and the second when he fought Danny Jacobs, and a lot of people thought that Golovkin should have lost the fight. Obviously. The reason Canelo's took in this fight because he he knew in Golovkin's last fight when he fought Jacobs, Golovkin didn't look the same, and they think that he's past it. Obviously, um, now we haven't seen we haven't seen Golovkin sparring, but I was reading on the news and apparently like he sent a light heavyweight to hospital because of the the damage that he's given. But if I'm going to choose a winner for this summer this weekend's fight, I'm going to go for Canelo win on points because I've got a feeling Canelo's going to win this fight and he's going to take over boxing. Wow, that's a big call, as as you said there. Didn't look so impressive against Kel Brook, um, Triple G. Didn't look so impressive against Danny Jacobs, despite um, you know, despite putting Jacobs down, despite fracturing uh, Kel Brook's eye socket and all the rest of it. He has looked like he's slowed down a little bit. Some people saying it could be motivational issues. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure to be honest. Um, the main thing is he does keep winning these fights. Canelo, obviously, the, the up-and-coming guy. Canelo, as we all know, binned the WBC title to avoid fighting him. And now he's back because simply, I feel anyway, that he believes this is the right time to take Golovkin. Now, it could be a fantastic piece of timing, and he could do that, and it could be you know a fantastic win. I'm not going to say it's going to be a huge upset, because it is such a 50-50 fight. A part of me can see Canelo winning on points, because you know his recent performances, he's looked really good. Obviously, some people are trying to draw a comparison between the two guys' wins, who's got the better wins, who's got the better resume, and all that. Um, when you look at the recent performances of Golovkin and put them up against the recent performances of Canelo. Canelo in his last fight against Chavez who was awful by the way, he just put up a punch perfect performance there wasn't a single flaw in his performance, he just looked amazing, he looked unbeatable in that fight, but as we all know, this is not a man in in uh, you know, in 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 Chavez here, this is not this is not a man in in Golovkin, I should say, that's just going to stand in front of of you, not throw shots, just cover up. This is going to be a fight, really, where Golovkin, who we never ever see really being backed up, he's always the man coming forward. I think he's going to put it on uh, on Canelo, but Canelo can fight really well off the ropes as well. But I'm not sure he can do it for the time that he may need to do it for in this fight because Golovkin's definitely going to be taking that center ring I, c- I can just see that happening straight away Golovkin obviously being the, the, the you know the bigger man naturally the stronger man you you you'd say um you know Golovkin's got the better jab Golovkin has got the, the I, I want to say the better punch variety but he doesn't really have the better punch output, if that makes any sense. Canelo is so clever with the way he throws shots. You know, he's very, very good, Canelo. Technically, he's so sound. And so is Golovkin. This is a real, real, real boxing match. This is two men at the top of their, uh, you know, of their crafts getting in the ring. Obviously, Canelo, as we've said, the up-and-comer, the more fresher guy, of course, but Golovkin's not done. Golovkin's still winning fights. But this is going to be such a good fight. I really I really don't know, Ayers. It's so hard to pick a winner. I think um, you guy in there with Canelo, I think I'm going to go against you and just go with, with Golovkin. Um, you said on points. I'm not going to... I feel like 
I'm not sure what's going to happen. I really am not too sure. So I think I'll just go with Golovkin. You can just go with Canelo. And we'll see on next week's show. But what I do want to say, as it's episode 100, we're going to make a little bit of a change to the show. What we're going to start doing now is if there's a big fight, we're going to do a poll on Twitter. We're going to read out our listeners or our followers, if you like, whatever you want to, you want to call it. We're going to read out their opinion. We're not going to read out how many percent voted this, this, and this. We're just going to do the most voted one. That's going to be generalized as our listeners opinion so we did ask on twitter this week which way you see it going um we asked about the saunders and monroe fight i just want to i just want to back up a little bit there um 64 percent of people went with saunders to win by decision i as me and you both agree with that so we're going to do like a prediction league from now from from this episode 100 here um in the next shows we're going to do one where we ask the the listeners and our followers on Twitter, and we're gonna basically have their prediction against my prediction and against your prediction. So there's gonna be three scores going on. It's all been reset. I has tried to cheat and he didn't keep the scores properly. Now we're gonna do it properly. So this is it. This this week it starts. So we're all going with our listeners and me and you as we're both we're all all three of us are all saying Saunders by decision. So we can't be split there. We can't be. No one can win about that one. But We've got a tie, unfortunately. Our listeners see Canelo by decision, 37%, and Golovkin via, via, via decision, 37%. So what I'm going to do is, um, well, it's, it, there's still some time left on the poll. So I think up until fight night or up until the poll ends, I think it might be maybe the day before fight night or something, I'm going to write down, you know, the, the most favoured bit. So if you're listening to this now and you haven't voted, go onto our site and vote. Go onto our site, I should say. Go onto our Twitter page and vote and, um, you know, make your vote count. So we will see. We will see. I'm going to go with Golovkin. You're going to go with Canelo. Um, and our listeners are going to go with 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 one of the other we're gonna to have to wait and see so uh we're gonna start doing the scores hopefully that's made some sense we're gonna start doing the scores from next week so next week we've all gone with saunders so we can't be split on that we're all gonna be split up about what we're gonna do with golovkin i'm actually gonna say golovkin on points all right no i'm not I'm, I'm gonna go golovkin knockout i'm gonna be bold i'm gonna go golovkin knockout you're gonna say canelo points and we're gonna see because at the minute it's a tie we're gonna see what our listeners go with when the poll ends so Look out for that, listeners, and look out for that myself and I as. And, of course, we're going to be keeping the scores properly now. This is episode 100. We're doing stuff properly. What a fight, though, I as. I'm looking forward to it. I absolutely cannot wait. Um, you know, there's so many ways to look at it, but I am just, I just cannot wait. I cannot tell you. It's like Christmas. It really, really is. But that's it for the card at the T-Mobile Arena, Las Vegas, Nevada. One fight to mention happening next Tuesday on the 19th of September. But by the time the show goes out next week, the fight would have already happened. We'll talk about the winner then. But I just want to really mention at the Sands Bethlehem Event Center in Pennsylvania, USA. I think I've pronounced that right. There's a few fights on this bill. Um... Both, both brothers of Gary Russell Jr., the uh, the world champion. His brother Gary Antoine Russell is one and zero. He's in a four rounder against an opponent that's yet to be announced. Also, Antonio Russell, that's his other brother. He's eight and zero. He's in a six rounder against Christian Renteria, whose record seven and five. Got to mention these though. And also Mario Barrios, the prospect who's excited me quite a few times now. His record nineteen and zero. He's in a ten rounder against a man called Name Nelson, whose record's thirteen and three. We do want to see Mario Barrios stepping it up, but that should be 
Um, you know, a decent win there for Mario Barrios, a man that you will hear more and more about over the course of the next few months or years. Um, yeah, that's really it for this show. It's been episode 100, but of course we're not done yet. There's one last thing to do before we wrap up the show, and that is to welcome a man in a huge heavyweight fight soon in a few weeks' time. It's now time to welcome guest number two. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the hard-hitting heavyweight contender, Mr. Ian Lewison. Ian, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, thank you. Hey, it's my pleasure, mate. It's my pleasure. So, Ian, this is the first time you've been on our show. Your record currently stands at 12-3 and three with one draw. I just want to touch on the blemishes. Um, the one draw obviously came in your second pro fight. That's that, you know, it is what it is with that. You lost a four yeah, rounder. Yeah, go know, on, sorry, let go me on, let me let me yeah. clear something up. Yeah, Definitely. you see the draw, yeah. I don't understand how it happened, yeah. Because the fact is it was a four rounder. I dropped the guy twice Three in the times. first round. Uh yeah, twice in the first round, once in the second round, and then once again in the fourth round, and I've still got a draw. So throughout the fight it was a four rounder. I dropped the guy four times, but yet it was still given a draw. So you you can understand my astonishment when it was announced as a draw yeah that, it does sound a little bit crazy mathematically um, obviously you know you lost a four rounder by a point in 2011 those four rounders as we all know can be a bit tricky um, and obviously with a four rounder a slow start can simply you know can simply mess mm-hmm. up a fight then of course you fought in prize fighter and obviously got the first round knockout winning the quarter final but in the semis you fought Derek Rossi a known tough guy in which you lost a split decision over three rounds so the three blemishes that I mentioned there were very very close they can almost be forgotten about in my book the only time where you clearly lost a fight was obviously to Dillian White in October of last year you haven't yet fought since then um, along the way obviously I should mention as well you've also beat some great guys also you the first man to stop Dorian Darch and beat him at that. No one has ever knocked Timo Hoffman out in the first round. He's only been stopped twice in his career, once by yourself, once by Dimitrenko. He actually went 12 with uh, with Vitaly Klitschko, Franz Bofar, Hemriak in one day, to name a few. Now, I want to go back to your most recent win, Ian, which was obviously the fight before the Dillian White fight. You travelled out to China to face an unbeaten uh-huh. Chinese prospect whose name I can't pronounce, to be honest, but you fought him for the vacant WBO Asia-Pacific heavyweight title. Firstly, how were you eligible to win that belt? I was so confused at the time. Well, basically, how it stands, um, I was able to fight for the Asian-Pacific because of the fact that my dad is half Chinese. Oh, right. I had no idea about that. Okay, now it makes sense. At the time, I thought, what's going on here? And then, of course, you went over there and pulled up, you know, pulled off the upset, so to speak. You stopped the guy in the second round with a crushing body shot. So, on to your next fight now, Ian. You've been put in place to fight the 2016 Olympic silver medalist Joe Joyce on his professional debut. Now, I said it on last week's show when the fight got announced. I said this is a huge fight for somebody's debut. We all know that. If Joe Joyce wins, he can surely be fast-tracked. But on the other hand, him getting the win is a big if. We haven't seen him, you know, in in a pro ring at all, and this is a big step up. So, firstly, Ian, what do you make of Joe Joyce in your opinion? Um, to be fair, I haven't seen much of him, nor have I researched him. No, but from what I've heard about him, he's fit and he's a come forward fighter. So that's all I've got to go by at the minute. Have you have you watched any tapes of him on YouTube, or will you watch any tapes of him on YouTube, or do you um, leave that no, up to, to Don? Be fair, I've 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 seen like uh, glimpses of him where Don's been watching the fight, and I've so happened to come in at that time. I've obviously 
watched a few minutes or whatever like that, but I've not myself sat down and watched him, not. Okay, okay, fair enough. Obviously, he's being promoted by David Hay and Richard Schaefer. Uh, I saw an interview last week with David Hay in which he says you've been given a long amount of time for notice for this fight. I know sometimes in the past you haven't had that. Are you happy with the notice you've got for this fight, Ian? Yeah, I can't know for more because at the end of the day, it's um, the kind of notice that you really and truly need to start a camp and obviously give yourself a good chance of winning. Well, yeah, I've been given sufficient notice, so there's no arguments on that side. And the fight in China and the Dillian White fight were both fights in which you came in unusually heavy for. What sort of weight will we see you at against Joe Joyce, Ian? Um, to be fair, I'm not caught up on the weight side of things that put this on. I'm just, as long as I'm meeting certain milestones along the way in training, I think um, I, I will come in at a good weight. And obviously, uh, let me um, put this out there, during the course of when I fought in China and I fought Dylan. I had injuries which limited the amount I could do. But you know what? I'm not trying to make excuses or nothing, but facts are facts, and that is a fact. I, was, I wasn't able to do the cardio because of the fact that I was injured. And you say there that, you know, you're, you're more kind of concentrated on the milestones that you're, or the goals, I should say, that you're setting out for. You're more focused on, mm-hmm. on smashing those. Can you talk a little bit about that or not? Yeah, obviously, do you know what the milestones are? There's certain points you want to be in fitness. In over a period of an eight-week camp or a ten-week camp, yeah? Say, for example, three weeks in, you're not expecting to be fight fit, but you're expecting to be at a certain level. Five weeks in, you reckon you're going to be at a certain point. Eight weeks in, you're sharp and you're ready to go. Ten weeks is when you're fight fit. So as, as long as you meet them, them um, points along the way, Training's going good, and then obviously you can have you can um, take comfort in the fact that you've done all you've done to prepare yourself for that fight. And I want to ask you about another fight that's just been announced, Ian. Obviously, we all know that Anthony Joshua is going to be taking on his mandatory in Kubrat Pulev. It's happening in Wales. What's your take on that fight? I feel it's a better fight than most people have been giving it credit for. Um, to be fair, from what, if I if I'm thinking from what, when he fought Derek, yeah. He didn't. It wasn't a one-sided win when Pulev fought Derek. It was still a bit close, but he did kind of win it. Say he, he won. If I had to split, I'd say it was a seventy-thirty in terms of like the way he got the win. Yeah, but to be fair, Pulev is a good fighter. But I honestly believe it depends upon what mind frame Pulev goes into the fight with. If he goes in there believing that Anthony Joshua is this man, this myth, this legend, and he's indestructible and he's going to do me over because he's got such a doomsday punch, then yeah, it can be an early fight. But if he goes in there genuinely believing he can win, then anything's possible. Yeah, he seemed to be a little bit unfazed yesterday with the... or earlier this week with you know the, the media obligations the pair had, he seemed to not really be too phased when in the presence of Joshua, which is, you know, that's something promising a little bit, I suppose. Obviously, since the Dillian White fight, there was a hell of a lot of bad blood around that, and then your stable mate Derek obviously ended up getting involved in that, the pair fought. Do you believe that rematch will happen? We all want to see it. Do you believe it will happen? If not, why not? I believe it can, and potentially I reckon it will, because they're both signed to the same promoter now, so who knows? And I was um, I was at York Hall about 10 or so days ago, 
and I saw Don um, get into a bit of a altercation actually with Dillian White. It was uh, a little bit ugly to be honest. No one actually managed to capture any of it on camera, I don't think. But uh, yeah, Don was being quite confrontational. I like Don. Um, also, your your name was obviously being put in the hat as a potential opponent for Dave Allen. We heard. Ian Lewison's name being thrown about. We also heard Eddie Hearn saying Ian Lewinson for some reason. Um, we all know he obviously lost the fight he ended up having against Lemroy Thomas. It's been announced he'll be rematching Lemroy Thomas on the AJ Pulev undercard. Can Dave win that rematch or is that a fight he just can't win? Uh, to be fair, I never watched the fight itself. But to be fair, I think he can win it. It depends if he's learnt from the first fight. If he goes in there with the same mind frame and does what he does, then it's just going to be irony because at the end there, what's the definition of irony? He's going in doing the same thing over and over multiple times and expecting a different result. If you can learn to adapt from your um, previous efforts and adapt in the new methods and um, and align your brain and say to yourself, do you know what, this is where I went wrong, and adjust, then yeah, obviously you can do. And obviously... Um... As I said, you know, your name's been linked with Dave Allen. We all kind of want to see that from a British standpoint. Do you believe that that fight will happen? Obviously, you know, the build-up kind of started. It was a little bit of bad blood between you both, but Dave Allen's such a nice guy, he's hard to dislike. No, there was never no bad blood between us, dude. It's always been done in a um, rather rambunctious way. It's been done like where we were both um, making jokes and fun along each other. We were just having fun. It was never done. There was never, ever, ever any animosity between us. Yeah. Is that a fight you see happening down the line, or do you think maybe not? I think it's a fight we'd have to address once both of us get our scheduled opponents out of the way. But the fact is, we were scheduled to fight on the Kelbrook and, uh, who was it? Kelbrook and Earl Spence undercard, yeah. We were supposed to fight on them, but obviously the Commonwealth title fight happened, so obviously, why fight me when there's no title involved, where Obviously, anyone who is in his position will take that detour and fight for the title instead, which he did. Now, when I told Dave Allen, because um, I think he may be on next week's show, when I told him I was going to be interviewing you on this week's show, he said, uh, you know, to send him the link. I think he wants to listen to it back. What I will ask you while you're here, um, Ian, on the subject of Dave, do you feel that one of you wants that fight more than the other? If so, who? Do you know, I believe at the end of the day, yeah, Either or either way you look at it, yeah, we're both in the heavyweight division at the same sort of level. And I believe that both of us want the fight because it's a, it's, a, it's a thing like where he believes he's better than me and I believe I'm better than him. So in order for us to exercise them demons, I believe that he wants it to prove that he's better than me and then he can um, make that transition to a higher level just the same as I do. Okay, fair enough. And, and I want to get your prediction on a huge fight coming up this weekend. Um, Ian, obviously, doesn't matter which weight class you're in, which weight class you like watching, I know you've definitely got a horse in this race. Triple G against Canelo. Talk to me. Who wins that one? Uh, that's what I'm thinking. I think, do you know what? I, I'd have to side with Canelo just for the simple fact that Kelbrook kind of unearthed a bit of the blueprint on how to beat him. Yeah. And 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 Canelo is a good boxer, so maybe he can sustain it for longer without sustaining so much damage where it's going to cause an early shutout. 
is such an intriguing one. Like you say there, Kel Brook unearthed a little bit. Danny Jacobs, perhaps, unearthed a little bit more. And, you know, Canelo's he's definitely got the tools to be able to execute something special. It's just a case of can his chin hold up? Can he, can he do it under those bright lights? And finally, Ian, a... Well, I'm going to give you a chance here um, to make a prediction for your fight. You may not want to give one. That's totally fine if not. But if you have one, share it with us, my friend. I'm going to knock him out. I'm playing shit. I'm not looking to go to points with him. I'm going to stop him. And that is my prediction. But let me let me make this clear, yeah? You see, with my fight against Joel um, Joyce, yeah? The fact is, win, lose, or draw, he can't lose in this fight. Because this is his debut, Yeah. So he goes in there, he loses to me. His promotional team would turn around and say, do you know what, we took a chance. It weren't to be, we should have started him with a lesser opponent, but we had so much belief in him that we um, kind of took it from such a high level. But do you know what, we'll go back, we'll group, and we'll match him appropriately now, uh, a bit of a lower level. He goes in there, he wins, then his promotional and management team have, pulled, have done what is considered the impossible they've propelled their man in one fight to British title level now so he's in a position now where he can't lose the fact is I stand to lose I go in there I beat him well you should have he's a novice so therefore if I go in there and I lose to him oh I'm bad because I'm a fight veteran and he's a novice I, I should, how could I lose to him so he's in a position where he can't lose so you say you you predict a knockout win for yourself. Can you put any kind of you know any kind of group of rounds on that? Will it be late? Will it be early? I believe it'll be about five. About round five. Okay, fair enough. Right, just before we let you go, Ian, I just want to really give you a chance just to say anything you like, anything at all to our listeners. If you've got anything you want to get off your chest at all, just just take it away, my friend. Yeah, I would say to all the listeners, if you can. Um, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Insta. It's Ian Lewison, Lewison, L-E-W-I-S-O-N. And I'd like to thank my sponsors, RVL Free, RVL Free Security, .co.uk, and Number One Supps Supplements, .co.uk. Excellent. You can do that, my friend. Okay, listen, Ian. It's always well. It's, it's, it's not always a pleasure speaking to you because it's the first time you've been on. I'm just so used to saying uh, that. Yeah, but let um, me ask you a question before you go. Go on. Who do you think is going to win out of me and Joe? Well, if it's hard to gauge what Joe's going to be like as a pro. So from that standpoint, it's the unknown. Um, obviously, you know, as an amateur, he's you know he's reaped success at the highest level. You know, he arguably could have grabbed the gold in Rio. So. Basing it on that, it's hard, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say he's not looking like being the man who's in there to win, as we all know. That is, you know, you're the opponent in this one. You, you've been put in there to look good on his resume. The, the, the thing is, as I say, it's hard to kind of base what he's going to be like as a pro on his amateur career. It's not a twelve. Oh, it's not. A t- How many rounds? It's a twelve-round fight, right? This one. It's a ten-round. It's a ten-round, ten right? He's not done that. So you know, if you can put it on him early, which I believe is probably part of your game plan, and you kind of said it yourself a little bit, I think. Well, you know, it's hard to call, man. It's hard to call. I don't think he punches as hard as you. I know, obviously, he's the, he's a taller guy. You say he's he's a come forward fighter. I, I don't think he's going to be coming forward too much. I think he's going to try and box off the back foot. 
it depends. Oh, I don't know. It's tough, man. It's tough. You're putting me on the spot a little bit, Ian. <laughs> That's it, mate. That's it. We want honest answers. Don't feel, don't feel you have to try and sugarcoat it to save feelings, mate. Did you feel like I was trying to sugarcoat it? I believe you just don't want to give an answer. You just don't want to I... give an answer to it. But I don't think you're sugarcoating it. But I think maybe you are in two minds. Who knows? But it's it's hard, Ian, because again, it depends yeah. which. It depends what 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 version of you shows up as well. You know, mm-hmm. that's why I'm I'm excited uh, that you've been given. I can assure you the version of me that's going to. Sh- I can assure you the version of me that's going to show up is the version that's looking to take his head off and take you home and put it on my wall. Well, if that version of you shows up, then I'd, yeah. I'd lean towards I'm you. I'm telling you, on the twentieth, I'm going big game hunting, just like I did against um, Hoffman. I'm going big game hunting with him. Well, that's what I mean. If you if you step if you step in that ring as the same version of yourself that was in that Hoffman fight, you know I definitely lean towards you. You was you was explosive in that fight. You was he was really good in that fight. That was really I remember watching that prize fight actually like it was yesterday. So uh, it will be intriguing. Right, let me ask you then: in the prize fighter, did I lose to um, what's his name? Oh, what's the guy's name? Oh, man. No, not Hoffman. The other guy. Yeah, the Derek Rossi. Rossi, yeah. Do you think I won that or do you think I lost that one? I thought it was close, but I probably will give it to you. It's hard over three rounds, you know? That's not giving it. Mm. That's not giving any 10-10s. That's just scoring mm. it 10-9, you know? Maybe one of those, I think maybe the first. I think it may have been the first or the second. You could have gone 10-10, but trying not to do that, then I'd have probably edged it to you, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> we all done? You happy? No, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm just asking you a couple of questions like how you asked me, but it's all good. We've, Anything else you want to ask me? To... Nah, it's all good, mate. It's all good. We, we've, well, I've got the question answered that I wanted to ask, so you, I'm happy. You've interviewed me. I've interviewed you. Excellent. Right, Ian, it's been a pleasure having you on this week's show, my friend. Thank you for your time. Best of luck for this upcoming fight of yours, and we'll be sure to catch up afterwards. All right, thank you. Okay, and that wraps up episode 100 of the Box Hard Podcast. I honestly cannot believe it's been 100 shows. I seriously can't. All the time that's been put into this century of shows has been worth it. It's been a great journey. We've connected with all kinds of boxers at all kinds of levels from all kinds of neighborhoods from around the world. And our listen as well. We've reached the ears of thousands of people all over the world. Our main free listening countries are in the UK. Uh, that's being the first place, uh, USA in second place, and Ireland in third place. You'd probably guess that anyway. And as random as it may seem, we've also had a lot of listeners from Vietnam. That's always been the case. So thank you very much for supporting us through these 100 episodes. We're not done yet, though. There is much more to come your way. A big thank you to our two guests on this week's show, the charismatic middleweight banger, Mr. Spike O'Sullivan, and the heavyweight banger from Brixton, Mr. Ian Lewison. By the way, whilst recording this outro, the results are in on the Canelo versus Golovkin poll. Our listeners predict a Canelo points win so that's the same prediction as Ayaz's prediction I went with Golovkin by knockout we'll have to see who is in the lead on the prediction league next week I've been your host Joey Coastman Ayaz Sumra has been Ayaz Sumra we hope to see you all next week enjoy your weekends and thank you for listening